Mandatory Twitter Spaces rug pull. <laughs> That's classic. Yeah. But I think Sunny was already here. Let's see. We've got T-Saint. Rob is here. There we go. I think we can just start as people are joining. Um, I think this is going to be a very fun conversation. I remember Brain Jar probably around a year ago when we first started talking and we, we had this this idea, like we we gotta get Cosmos and Polkadot together, uh, and here we are. It's happening one step at a time. Um, I think this is a great initiative. Content is is always probably the most important thing to just kickstart the conversations um, and explore the synergies. So I'm really also glad to have Robert here. I'm glad to have also the Kuzomarian here. C Saint. I think Saki is joining us a little bit later. Um, but yeah, maybe Brainjar, maybe can you just like share a little bit about where we stand right now with Composable, also about the, the Centauri vision, and just a little bit of context on your guys' mission to bring Polkadot and Cosmos together. Yeah, for sure. So we started this like mission a couple of years ago. Um, the focus really is like driving user like chain agnostic <clears throat> experiences to the user and for us developing out a protocol for allowing this chain agnostic future to occur was necessary and in looking for the landscape we realized that um you know ibc was the solution for us to be able to have these different ecosystems speak to each other and given that we started out as a as a as a parachain project, really interested in cultivating um, these cross-chain experiences across the Dotsama ecosystem as a whole. That's kind of the ecosystem, ecosystem thesis of Polkadot. Um, we thought it made a lot of sense to also then have the first connection be to the other ecosystem that wants to bring about cross-chain experiences, and that's obviously Cosmos. And so now we've, uh, you know, We've successfully executed IBC transfers between our parachain and Cosmos chains. And in the coming days, we'll open up um, connections with pretty much every Cosmos chain and start having liquidity flowing. Um, so, yeah, like culmination of a lot of work from a lot of different groups like Strangelove, um, Notional, and many, many other teams uh, across the space have, have helped us get to this point. So, I think we're really excited to to bring a new wave of liquidity into Dotsama and also from Dotsama to Cosmos. Yeah, that's great. Thanks, Brainjar, for that. I think it's uh, really something we've noticed over at the Pusamari when we have some of these like Polkadot, Cosmos, crossover spaces. The communities are really, really similar, right? And a lot of the ideas and uh, you know base principles are the same. We just go about it just a little bit differently. And, and, you know, with that, Rob, I wonder if you could give us uh, listeners, maybe people who haven't explored Polkadot before, just a quick Eli 5 on what Polkadot is and uh, maybe in the context of like founders and end users. Uh, yeah, sure. Well, um, Polkadot is, is a system of, of many chains. You know, I think uh, very, very similar to uh, if you're coming from a cosmos background similar to to that approach um it is focused around uh this core chain which is known as the the relay chain and it, this provides shared security for um uh, chains chains that want to deploy 
uh, in the system. So uh, providing security resources, essentially providing block space. Uh, we've committed to, as a block space ecosystem. Um, the idea is that, you know, when you're building solutions, you can do this more effectively when you have the ability to specialize. Uh, so you build a bunch of specialized chains that are highly specialized, and then uh, you create connections between them, allow them to communicate. And you do this in a way uh, that, that keeps the communication secure. And then applications will actually live between chains, sort of in the liminal space between chains, cross chains, uh, and, and the chains themselves are, uh, are, are maybe only fulfilling some part of that application. Uh, there, there's many different directions this can go in. I, I think that's the very high-level rundown. Uh, if this sounds familiar, then that's a good thing, because I, I believe that many people in the space are working towards um, fairly convergent approaches. Uh, the way that you would build on Polkadot is to use Substrate. You know, there's uh, there's a variety of consensus algorithms implemented in Substrate. Uh, this blockchain SDK, um, you can write parachains with it or solo chains. You know, we're pretty happy for people to use it uh, in, in more or less any way. Uh, Polkadot and Cosmos actually got started uh, like pretty much around the same time. Uh, Cosmos uh, uh, Tenement paper was like. Uh, maybe six months uh, before that. Um, and I remember we did a lot of uh, early events uh, in, in Berlin in like 2016. So I, I think these ecosystems have really uh, grown up alongside each other. I'm curious because I think it's very interesting. Like when I started um, covering you know, crypto on YouTube uh, when, when COVID started. And then I think one of the first videos I ever made about Cosmos was actually after researching Polkadot. So I was really like, I think I was like really deep into Polkadot first and then I somehow stumbled upon Cosmos. And then obviously, you know, Jack, Jack Semplin recruited me and turned me into a full-on cosmonaut. But I always felt that there's a lot of synergies. I think what you're describing, Rob, like that there's also a, a shared history with also events and i think there were also some some events in, in berlin back then um but maybe a uh, question first to sunny then rob you can also maybe add some stuff like can you share a little bit about the journey and, and some of the similarities maybe also some of the differences in terms of vision arch architectural design and and where we currently stand between cosmos and polkadot and for those that are not familiar with sunny he's he's the co-founder of osmosis which is actually the app chain in cosmos that brought IBC to market. Um, so yeah, and then Sunny has also been around for, for many years in Cosmos. So yeah, maybe Sunny, you can take it from here. Yeah, sure. Um, hey, everyone. Uh, thanks for having me here. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I think uh, Cos like echoing what Rob said, like I think Cosmos and Polkadot definitely had very similar end goals, architectures, um, at this point, it feels like everyone <laughs> has converged on a similar end goal architecture. Um, but I think that, like, you know, Causes and Polkadot were really the first to, like, be banging the drums about it, about this, like, multi-chain world. Um, but I think, yeah, so, you know, this idea of, like, okay, look, there's going to be many chains, uh, a lot of, like, application-specific uh, chains are, like, really where most uh, things are going to go towards, or at least most of the major applications, while there'll still be some generalized VM chains. Um, and so basically this like very heterogeneous uh, chain world, right? Like, you know, in at the time, you know, today, yes, you see like in Ethereum world, you have like roll apps and stuff. But even now, you know, now you're starting, like it's still mostly like EVM compatible chains, while Causes and Polkadot were very much along these lines of like, oh, we're going to have like, custom state machines and to that end uh both ecosystems sort of built um in parallel like stacks in order to do that so in Polkadot, you have this like substrate framework uh while in cosmos we have the cosmos sdk um to be honest i think for a long the longest time one of the biggest decisions of which ecosystem people chose to build in was what stack language they wanted to write in like if you wanted to write in go you wrote on the cosmos sdk <clears throat> if you wanted to write in rust you 
wrote in uh, Substrate. But uh, since then, obviously, I think things have changed because, you know, in Cosmos SDK, we have like Cosmwasm, which lets you write in Rust on, you know, you have like different VM frameworks now. So, you know, now you're going to have Cosmwasm in in Polkadot as well with the work that uh, Composable has been doing. So, you know, I think um, even the development stacks on the two on the two ecosystems are starting to converge quite a bit as well. Um, so I would say the biggest change on like the differences, like Cosmos always took a little bit more of an iterative approach, I would say, where, you know, we had this idea of like, you know, similar to Polkadot about like shared security and how to make sure that like, you know, all these chains will remain secure. But we kind of took a very, we'll deal with that later problem. Like, let's get this stuff, like, let's get the framework launched, make it so people can start like deploying applications, building applications, launching chains. And then in the future, we'll come back and figure out how to actually, you know, secure this whole system. And now that's what we're, we're, we're working on now, finally, right? Where like, you know, now you have ICS and mesh security and, you know, all these like different mechanisms, uh, you know, you have the stuff that Celestia is doing with Rollkit. Um, so now we're finally getting to that part where like, okay, uh, both, you know, Cosmos is catching up with Polkadot when it comes to like the security frameworks. Yes, yeah, great. Thanks, Sonny. I, I appreciate that. And Rob, I wonder if you wanted to touch on that too, because, you know, um, shared security is definitely one of the main focuses of Polkadot early on. And I wonder if you could expand there on some of the, some thoughts you may have. Yeah, uh, that's that was a good, good rundown. Um, shared security is, is definitely one of those things that I think um, we in, in Polkadot might have been the first to, to, uh, term it exactly that way like now we're seeing it uh, as a term being used in in ethereum you know providing security for rollups or in celestia or in cosmos uh, hub uh, or in mesh security uh this this idea that you know you 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 can't divide and conquer an ecosystem right dividing and conquering an ecosystem uh could lead to some very bad outcomes as well as the fact that uh, you know, you have these these risks of things like uh, toxic shock, right? You have some uh, chain that it turns out everybody depends upon, like for very critical finance, um, and it can be consensus level attacked, like fifty one percent attacked, and then uh, those those errors could trickle elsewhere to the the system, right? Because there are heavy dependencies on that, and all of a sudden you see leverage positions, like huge amounts of like actual financial leverage or just practical technological leverage, just um, cascading failures. Like this is, this is the situation that shared security is designed to uh, avoid. And it's, it's honestly, uh, I, I, I imagine this debate, sorry, this is bringing me back to like 2017, uh, this particular part of the conversation. I'm sure we have a bit of PTSD from like those conversations. Uh, but the, yeah, this, this, this notion of, of, of shared security is, is, uh, really important. I think it's, it's interesting to see like how these ecosystems are going to interact because, you know, when you bridge, I think the beautiful thing about bridging to a shared security umbrella, like when you build a bridge to an ecosystem like Polkadot, um, you're getting in one fell swoop access to every chain that is and will be on Polkadot because they all fall under that same shared security umbrella because they all fall under that same consensus mechanism. So one of the things that I I really like to uh, frame this as is like, think about as Polkadot grows, just the sheer amount of uh, applications, which might be bootstrapping applications, which might be very large applications uh, at different stages of growth that all of a sudden uh, your ecosystem can have access to. Like whether that's the Cosmos ecosystem or the Ethereum ecosystem or other ecosystems, just by building out the bridge infrastructure, all of a sudden it has secure access to um, the the state machines, all of them that are pulled into the network in the way that when you bridge to Ethereum, you have access to all of those smart contracts that are deployed there. Uh, so I think this kind of ties in like why shared security and also how does that affect bridging? How does that affect the cross ecosystem? Uh, place that can be put in place. Yeah, really well said. And I think that leads in perfectly to uh, Brain Jar, if you don't mind expanding. You know, is this really the crux of why 
composable built with Polkadot and is looking to you know connect these two ecosystems. I wonder if you could talk about the Centauri Bridge and um, the context there. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I think in in many aspects, like we set out to try to find a way to connect to like as many ecosystems as possible and like have these not only you know monetary flow happening between the different ecosystems but also like sociological and i think starting from ground zero it was we instantly knew that obviously ibc works uh, only if you know both chains have enough security um to not be 51% attacked like that is the there's no other centralized counterparties involved in in ibc it is physically just proofs getting relayed from one chain to the next and verified by uh by light clients and so we didn't want to necessarily have to worry about bootstrapping security from day zero and so it really did feel like polkadot made the most sense um because you know we didn't have to bootstrap a validator said we didn't have to create our own security and then basically just have um open up these connections thereafter like uh it was i think the right decision simply because we want to offer all these different types of liquidity to as many users as possible in the most secure manner and so starting as a parachain pretty much checked off all those boxes for us um i don't know if you cut off or yeah i think um Sunny, you already dropped the term mesh security and we already heard uh, parachains and shared security models. I think we can maybe uh, co compare these different concepts. I mean, Cosmos, we now have replicated security, which is the first version of shared security on the Cosmos hub that should also drive clear value accrual for Atom and also build this Atom economic zone. There's already uh, Neutron and Stride now that are the first Cosmos hub consumer chains which I think is basically the equivalent to, to a parachain on Kusama or Polkadot. <clears throat> and then we also have um, mesh security, which is something that's being built right now. And, and maybe, Sunny, you can share a little bit about how, how that works and um, how it differentiates also maybe to you know, the parachain model or the replicated security model. And he's gone. <laughs> uh, so may, maybe, Rob, can, can you maybe start from the... Uh, Polkadot side, like how um, how the parachain model works, and um, yeah, when Sunny gets back, we can talk about mass security, maybe. Yeah, sure. Um, and I, I certainly can't do um, mesh security justice in the same way that that Sunny could, but like the the five second overview is uh, essentially it, it's called mesh for a reason. The idea is that uh, you have many chains that are essentially all uh, roll-ups of each other and that they through bridges are able to uh, contribute validators and contribute uh, value at stake to each other so that you have um, all of these chains essentially uh, feeding into each other. I think Sonny's described it as uh, sort of uh, akin to NATO, right? Like a, a security alliance in that sense. Uh, but I won't go any deeper without uh, Sonny being here to, you know, substantiate uh, and, and and put in uh, his his explanation is which is going to be much much better than mine. Um, from the, the parachain side of things, uh, parachains are like we've we've described it with a bunch of different uh, words terms, uh, sort of depending on the zeitgeist. Uh, there there isn't really a system out there like parachains. Uh, parachains kind of bring the best of uh, sharding. Uh, optimistic rollups and zk rollups, uh, with respect to creating the uh, largest amount of secure block space that confirms quickly. So, uh, just diving into what that means, there's there's one validator set for Polkadot, uh, and then you have collators for every parachain that are creating blocks. Uh, you know, if if you're coming from the rollup world, the term sequencer might be familiar. We call them collators. We've been calling them that since. Uh, since 2016. So there's a bit of a language mismatch here, but if I say collator, just think uh, sequencer, uh, if that's if that's the realm you're coming from. The, uh, the, the basic idea of, of 
Polkadot is that um, you have you have a scheduling mechanism which sort of decides <clears throat> which um, which parachain is up to be scheduled. At the moment, that scheduling mechanism is based around long-term uh, leases of you know one year or two year of guaranteed block space every six seconds. And uh, when a chain is scheduled, it has the ability to submit blocks over the peer-to-peer -peer network to validators. Uh, Collators create those blocks, submit them to validators. Those are posted onto the relay chain, just like roll-up blocks are posted onto their L1. Where Polkadot's parachain model differs is in the um, security protocol. So we have a, um, uh, a homegrown uh, protocol that we call the approval checking protocol, which essentially allows us to do a, it's an interactive proof of validity. So the validators work together uh, to, to, they participate in a game basically uh, to show that a parachain block is valid. And only when that game is completed can a parachain block be finalized. But the nice thing is that it can't be finalized unless it's valid or a lot of validators are going to get slashed. So it's not based in this ZK paradigm. It's based around um, executing WebAssembly code. WebAssembly code is, is super flexible. Uh, you can write Rust in it. You can write C++, you know, all, all kinds of languages that people are familiar with, but that are very performant and very flexible. You can do basically anything in it versus, say, writing in a, um, a succinct uh, commitment-based language where you might be more limited in like loops and, and things that, that you're really used to and might, might feel dependent on as a programmer. Um, but you're not waiting seven days for something to finalize. You're not waiting for a challenge period in that same sense. So this is really like technically where the parachain model differs. You, know, you get uh, fast finality on parachain blocks. And once they're final, you know they're good but you're writing these things with like programming languages that people are uh, familiar with. So Polkadot's parachain model is actually a block-based model. Like um, the, the vision for Polkadot is to go well, well, well beyond the existing mechanism of slots uh, to have, you know, which have uh, the, the long-term options. Um, we we, we want to uh, create this spectrum of block space from like all stages of growth. So, uh, chains that make blocks once every couple hours or only when they have transactions, all the way to chains uh, that are making, you know, six blocks every six seconds, right? Elastic scaling, getting blocks based on demand for demand bikes and things like that. So this is this is where uh, the, the Polkadot parachain model is going. Yeah. I'll, I'll flip it over to Sonny because it looks like he's back to talk about uh, mesh security. I am back. Sorry about the uh, uh, connection. Uh, what was the question that was uh, CryptoCedo that you were asking? Uh, if you can uh, outline the mesh security. Ah, yeah. So mesh security was sort of the logical end state of like how we were developing shared security systems in Cosmos. So, you know, with... We started with this like whole concept of ICS, which was, uh, you know, the Cosmos Hub blockchain, the Atom blockchain could, you know, use its high market cap to provide security to the other chains in the ecosystem. And basically using this system called restaking, which is like effectively acting like an opt-in system where validators... Um, where staking Atom on the Cosmos Hub could restake and opt into slashing conditions that if, like, you know, they, they could run valid nodes on other chains, and then if they get do something malicious, their Atom would get slashed. Um, and so this was, uh, you know, it's very similar to, like, Eigenlayer, which uh, kind of, um, if people are familiar with that, that kind of, uh, I was pretty heavily inspired by the design that we had for ICS. Um, but then what it occurred to us was like, Hey, like this whole thing makes sense, but like, why can't we run this bi-directionally? Like, let's say, you know, we're using Atom to help secure, uh, let's say osmosis, but why can't we also be using Osmo to help secure the Cosmos hub? And like, like, 
why why aren't we just like actually taking the sum of all the market caps of all the cosmos chains and having them secure the entire ecosystem and like you know in the cosmos ecosystem we've you know we're we're always about this like multipolarity not being like removing dependencies on any one you know failure system that's sort of how the how ibc was designed and not have to go through any single routing system and so like why don't we do the same thing with uh security as well and in the cosmos ecosystem you know uh we've uh dealt with like you know a lot of the projects are like X Terra projects and they've dealt with what happens when you base your entire security system around like one token. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so now what we have with mesh security is basically you run this restaking system, but bi-directionally between chains. So as an example, we can use like Osmosis and Axelar. So, you know, these are two chains that are, have high economic dependency on each other. You have, uh, you know, Osmosis is like the biggest customer of Axlar, makes up the majority of the TBL. But then at the same time, Axlar is the primary like EVM bridge for Osmosis and like, you know, four out of the top four or five out of the top 10 assets by market cap, uh, by, by liquidity TBL on Osmosis are bridged to us by Axlar. So it's like, okay, how do we, you know, it would suck for either of us if the other got attacked. And we, because these are actually in a pretty, intertwined economically you want them to like you know similar to rob was saying was like you know you want users shouldn't not have to think that much about the security dependence and the way you do that is you give them uh as close to equivalent security as possible um and so we do that by like by this like bi-directional restaking system which effectively will make it so that the osmosis chain will be secured by the sum of the market caps of osmo and uh axle tokens while the axlar chain will also be secured by the sum of the market cap of osmo and axle and then you can imagine that you know as this you know this is just a bi-directional alliance but then you know we add a third chain into the system we add a fourth chain in you know mars okay we, we you know now it's secured by the sum of the three market caps um and so you know you grow these um security alliances based off of the economic dependency so it's a little bit more of a bottoms up approach to how shared security would work. Thanks for that, Sonny. You know, I, as someone who is not up really on uh, all of the Cosmos uh, inner workings, I'm curious, you know, is, is there one model that has kind of taken um, you know, more of the mind share or, or like you mentioned, it's kind of this multipolar, maybe, you know, you'll have a few chains in the Cosmos that'll adopt ICS, a few that'll do mesh and so on and so forth. Um, it's, I would say it's like, so, I mean, to be clear right now, mesh is in development while the V1 of ICS is, um, live. And so, you know, there are actually a couple of chains using, uh, ICS right now. Um, but the current model of ICS is not very scalable. It basically, uh, requires the entire Cosmos hub validator set to also run these other chains. So it's really effectively more of a block size increase more than anything else. Um, and so it's like, doesn't, so, you know, there, there, there are a few chains using that, but it's not like very scalable. Um, the, the point of how we're building mesh security is to make it um, as modular and pluggable that you can like build all these other security paradigms in using the same standard like mesh security frameworks so if you want to do something that acts like ics you can like one of the common things that people don't realize is that oh with mesh security you need to have a token on on both the chain but that's not true you can you can actually use the same set of contracts and uh, ibc standards that we're building for mesh security to do to mimic something like ics or even like do a coalition chain where like hey uh you know this chain, let's say um, an ICNS chain, like the internet chain name service, it, it, you know, we want this to be a standalone chain, but that's like secured by the sum of the market by a bunch of other tokens without that chain needing to have its own token. So I, my, my take is once the mesh security framework is completed, um, we're going to then start to see all sorts of different paradigms being built using it. I'm curious, uh, Sunny or Rob, maybe Sunny. Um, what, like, what do you think 
is it is it possible or what would it take for the Polkadot relay chain or the Kusama relay chain to potentially also implement mesh security and be part of that? Is that even possible or how would that work? I think um, how it would probably work is, so if we're operating under the assumption that like all the Polkadot parachains kind of do get the full security of the Polkadot system, um, it probably doesn't need to be on a relay chain directly. It could actually just, well, so, okay, you can make Polkadot be a provider chain pretty easily because being a provider chain doesn't actually need any changes at the core security level. Like you can just say like, hey, we want to allow, I can build a contract this is kind of what Eigenlayer did to Ethereum, right? Like they didn't get permission from Ethereum to to turn ETH staking into a like restaking and turn Ethereum into a provider. So you can do something the same with Polkadot, where like on a parachain you can just you know let's say on the uh, sorry I've got the name of the parachain that Composable is building with Cosmosm on it, um, but with that you can like just redeploy the Cosmosm the, the the contracts and like we can have uh, Polkadot also be a provider chain it's on becoming a consumer chain that requires like governance to say like hey we you you basically you want to whitelist what chains you want to be okay with letting stake on your chain and give validator voting power to um another thing that might also happen is that like um well actually no sorry this is more for like roll-ups i guess in polka dot the uh, the collators are also determined by dot staking. So no, never mind that. Uh, no, that's uh, actually a small point. There. Uh, collators are uh, determined completely by the, um, the the parachain itself, so they can determine them really however they want. Oh, I see. Got it. So yeah, I mean, in that case, then uh, you know you can have it so uh, collators on on chains can be like on parachains could also like could independently decide to like be the this uh chosen via some mesh security system where like i you know maybe i can come stake uh wrapped eth or you know atom or osmo to be a collator on a specific parachain yeah i mean yeah it's totally doable right okay good yeah go ahead brainchart you probably thought about this a bit more yeah i mean it's 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 definitely totally doable to like have pretty much any asset um be used to, to actually power the collator stack, right? Like most parachains just say, yeah, we'll use our native token, but I think there's like a lot of other permutations for assets that now will be possible. Um, like ST Atom, as an example, uh, I think would be really interesting, um, but still like emit tokens like as rewards in, in your own native token. Um, there's also like a bunch of stuff that Rob has been um, uh researching and publishing about parathreads uh, where you sort of receive this on-demand block space and the way that at least I've been thinking about potentially using um, this is finding ways in which the fees for that additional block space could be tied to some sort of asset that's not necessarily you know native to the actual chain. I mean, as an example, if you're running a DEX on the parachain and it starts to take take up a lot of uh, block space on the chain. Um, it is, I think it, it is more than fair for, you know, the DEX to basically pay for additional block space in its own native token. But I'll, I'll let Rob uh, expound upon this. Yeah, I, I, that's that's something that's going to, I, I imagine, uh, emerge, especially with, with deep liquidity. Um, we've... Uh, sort of also been trying to turn the uh, the model of how block space is paid for on its head uh, to improve things like developer experience in, in a variety of different ways. Uh, like the status quo of getting block space in a blockchain is uh, you ask validators to work in a consensus protocol uh, to create blocks. So they're creating block space. Uh, and then in return for creating those blocks, they're getting paid in a token. So it's like a simple loop, a simple cycle. Validators make block space. Um, 
then validators get paid in token. So uh, Polkadot's producing all of this, uh, all this block space, and you have, uh, you know, it, it's this resource, this raw material that Polkadot's selling, right? It doesn't really care uh, who ends up with it. Uh, now, the, the core protocols on the relay chain are going to accept uh, DOT in a variety of different forms uh, for that, but it's going to be focused around DOT. But the key thing is that you can, you can introduce new ways of reimbursement, right? Like somebody who is buying block space uh, from Polkadot has to do that in DOT, but they might not care what they get reimbursed with. And when you introduce sort of like mercenary layers within this, right, to the point of um, what, say, projects like uh, Tansy are doing, um, you you can say, you know, if you want to use your experience where uh, writing a chain is akin to writing a smart contract, where you upload code, sort of pay for gas and, and go, um, you would upload code, pay somebody somehow to pay for block space in DOT and introduce these alternative uh, reimbursement layers. And I think that that's, you know, I, I don't see any reason why block space, uh, why those, those uh, you know, um, block creators, block space purchasers uh, wouldn't accept other tokens that they can easily swap. Uh, so that'll also introduce a lot more flexibility into the ecosystem. Uh, returning, uh, before I, I go over, um, returning to, to mesh security, I think this uh, this is correct what, what Sonny was saying about uh, becoming a provider chain. Uh, I, I think that doesn't even necessarily need to live on the uh, relay chain itself. It could be done on a parachain. And it's worth noting that in the Polkadot model that uh, parachains are also uh, accounts. They have their own accounts. Actually, a, a lot of different accounts that they control. These are known as sovereign accounts. So these accounts behave exactly like user accounts. Um, so, so I expect as an experiment, it would be possible to um, have... Uh, alternative sort of staking elections, uh, but introducing dependency on, on other tokens might have to be done in the core relay chain layer, but uh, that's really what we have on-chain governance for. The votes are binding, so uh, if that's something the community wants, it would go through the OpenGov system, and then the system would automatically upgrade without a, a hard fork to, to implement that. Yeah. Those are some great points, guys. I really, you know, appreciate you guys giving us your perspectives on that. And, um, you know, I think it touches on this idea of these two ecosystems continuing to find ways that they can, you know, cross-pollinate and interact. And, you know, I've, I've had made my share of uh, Polkadot versus Cosmos memes, right? Um, and I think we all have. But uh, I'm curious what you, maybe we start with Brain Jar, since you're kind of, uh, you know, have a foot in both ecosystems. If you could just talk to us about how users may experience Centauri Bridge and maybe how we can start to cross-pollinate even on like, you know, the end user retail side. Yeah, I mean, I think that the biggest like first thing is just psychologically people doing something on Cosmos with their Polkadot assets and like vice versa. I think it's going to be really interesting the user feedback from like a UX perspective that both ecosystems experience from, um, you know, new users, new liquidity accessing DeFi applications that have been around for, for quite some time, but not necessarily with the same type of user base. Um, and I think from there, like a lot of um, interesting cross-pollination can occur. I, I think, you know, our long-term goal is being able to do things in Cosmos with your Polkadot JS address and vice versa, um, and, and never having to actually experience something completely brand new, even though it's a brand new ecosystem. All you care about is using the applications and, and moving your funds. You don't want to have to, you know, completely swap out how you're doing things in one ecosystem versus another. Um, so I, I think that because both types of users are really used to moving funds from chain to chain, I could really expect the amount of IBC overall volume to tremendously increase, um, you know, as different use cases pop up. 
uh, dot as collateral for IST dot on UMI. Um, and then of course, you know, Adam and ST Adam flowing into Polkadot for use on like Moonbeam. Um, we're essentially a gateway between these two ecosystems. And I think now like our, we're trying to sort of cross pollinate collaborations between as many teams and as possible between both ecosystems. Um, and I, and obviously this becomes furthered when we also do IBC to, to other ecosystems. Um, and so I think it's, it's really important that a lot of these use cases with this new IBC connection are sort of studied and established. Um, and hopefully that also begins to inform, you know, the strategy for how to onboard, say, Ethereum users into Cosmos when, um, you know, ETHIBC is unlocked. I also wanted to to learn a little bit. Uh, I saw, I think, last week uh, the announcement of the OpenGov governance framework on Polkadot. And uh, in Cosmos land, uh, governance is usually a trigger for new all-time highs on the drama per second barometer. So I, I wonder how, how that works in Polkadot. But I think um, before, may, I don't know if we still have time to talk about this, because I think what's maybe more interesting right now is uh, to talk a little bit about the, the comparisons maybe between IBC and uh, XCM. I think uh, Robbie already outlined earlier that Polkadot from the start was focusing a lot on, on building the shared security model, um, which, as Sunny, as you said, um, in, in the Cosmos world was something that, you know, would be probably figured out later and seems like it's now coming together. So, yeah, maybe, I don't know who wants to start. Maybe Sunny, like, can you talk a little bit about how IBC works, um, how it's been going so far, and uh, also Brainjar, maybe jump in and share a little bit about how you guys use it to to uh, bridge the ecosystems and um, maybe wrap in about XCM. Yeah, sure. Um, so IBC is like the open protocol that we built that like allows two chains to communicate with each other um, in by, and by sending some sort of proof system to each other. So you know, right now it's mostly focused on light client proofs, but it's designed to be upgradable to support other proof systems as well. So let's say you have, you know, zero knowledge proofs, you could uh, pass those along. You could, um, I think some of the Celestia chains are doing, doing like fraud proofs before they do IBC packet sends with each other. <coughs> but I think the, the important part is also, it is a, uh, it is just the IBC itself is just the communication framework of how you send data between the two chains. Now, what that data is or what you're proving to the other chains is left up to higher level protocols. The one that, so similar, you know, example would be like, uh, you know, just how on the internet you have TCP IP as this like base protocol, but it doesn't actually explain how things are talking to each other. On top of the TCP IP protocol, you need application protocols like SMTP for mail or FTP for file transfer, um, HTTP for web. So on top of the, you know, on top of IBC, we also have these like sub protocols. So the one that most people are probably familiar with and have used is ICS20, which is the token transfer protocol. This is the protocol that lets you, you know, transfer tokens between uh, chains. Um, and that's, you know, what kind of launched over two years ago now at this point and has, you know, what enables something like Osmosis to work where, you know, you can IBC all the tokens from their native chains onto the Osmosis chain and use it for trading on Osmosis. Um, but in the last, you know, I would say six months or so, we've started to see the rise of other uh, ICS protocols as well. So uh, the one is called Interchain Accounts. So this is uh, notably used by projects like Stride and Quasar, where it effectively allows a contract on one chain to make transactions on a different chain. So Stride uses this that, you know, they have all their core logic on their own blockchain, but then they are doing uh, liquid staking and staking transactions on, you know, I don't know, 10 plus uh, Cosmos chains at this point using interchain accounts. 
Uh, Quasar does something similar where, you know, they're a vaults chain, but they like do DeFi actions on osmosis, but like from their own chain. Um, and then, you know, we have other, other ICS protocols also in development or, you know, yeah, ICS 721 is the one that will allow you to send NFTs between different blockchains. Uh, soon you'll be able to send, um, you know, the whole mesh security uh, framework that is being built as a set of uh, ICS protocols. So, yeah, basically now we're starting to see a lot more um, of the, no, a big one actually is this thing we built, uh, the Osmosis team built called uh, Crosschain Hooks. But basically what that does is you can have a Cosmwasm contract on one chain trigger Cosmwasm contract on another chain. So now you have like truly like cross-chain smart contracting. Um, so yeah, those are some of the ways that I, uh, IBC is starting to be used today. And Rob, can you maybe share a little bit about uh, XCM and maybe also comparisons to IBC? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, it's it, in many ways the the dichotomy is is similar. So um, we make a, a distinction between the uh, the transport layer for actually just shuttling data. It's like the postal service, right? You don't you don't need to know what's in the envelopes. You just need to move them from place to place, uh, and the actual messaging format uh, and the protocol. So um, Polkadot makes it pretty easy to do secure uh, messaging because everything's in a, a shared security umbrella. Uh, or if you have bridges, you can set up set a set of bridges as well to like introduce other uh, data transport layers, right? But that's just for shuttling data between chains. Chains uh, can, can tell uh, when the data that they've got from another chain actually originated there because uh, of the shared security umbrella. Now, XCM is the, uh, it's, well, it's a uh, messaging format. So it, it does a lot of this, this, uh, this stuff. It's, it's quite uh, opinionated, um, but it, it lets you do all kinds of things like uh, token transfers, NFT transfers, uh, cross-chain calls, um, everything in, in, uh, written in the substrate paradigm with frame uh, is expressed as like, um, Calls, calls are expressed as, as, as data, right? And this is actually the mechanism that's used to allow governance to make binding calls. So like governance can actually make transactions, arbit arbitrary transactions, anything that a user can do, uh, governance can also do, or other chains can also do. And there's permissioning attached to that. So you have like cross-chain calls. Um, I think the one of the most interesting things about XCM is that it's actually uh, a scripting language. So you're not just sending... A, commands over to chains you're sending messages that contain code over to chains you're sort of sending ephemeral smart contracts over to other chains to execute and run um now i think long term you can i could like put my technologist hat on and say like you can imagine uh, xcm messages that actually uh self-replicate or like jump from chain to chain you know there could be uh, good ways that that's applied and bad ways that's but you could imagine sort of a, a roving smart contract that moves from chain to chain, executing a trading strategy um, and could keep going as long as it can uh, sustain uh, enough energy and enough profit to continue going. And I think this is what the power of sending code to other chains to execute really uh, unlocks. Um, with respect to uh, what people are using XCM for right now, uh, it's mostly about doing things like token transfers across chain calls, uh, as well as managing accounts on, on other chains. Like there are currently uh, some projects underway to, um, you know, you, you have you can have multi-sigs or accounts that live on one chain and use that same account, the same interface uh, on, on every chain, which is, I imagine, fairly similar to uh, interchain accounts. Like there, there are some low-hanging fruit in the multi-chain world for uh, the useful things you can do with a messaging stand standard. Uh, and, and I imagine that like both the IBC protocols that have been built and a lot of the functionality that's already in XCM, just check those boxes because those are things that people need to build uh, in the multi-chain world. Uh, so I'd say the main differentiator is just going to be, you know, the actual uh, aesthetics or semantics of 
using those messaging protocols and programming with them, uh, as well as uh, that, that differentiator of, of sending code between chains and ephemeral smart contracts. Yeah, that's great. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Sonny, for kind of outlining the differences and similarities there. And, you know, I, I feel like as I'm listening to both of you guys talk, it's, you know, a lot similar to when the community members are in the same room together. And it's like, you know, same, same, but different, right? <laughs> we we have a lot of the same ideas, a lot of the same um, goals and uh, ways of going about it. And, um, you know, one of those core ideas there is like this idea of trustless, um, you know, messaging, um, interacting in this Web3 world. And Brainjar, I, want, I wanted to throw this to you. You know, Centaurian itself at the base is like a trustless solution to bridge, you know, assets between these two big ecosystems. And and so I'm wondering, you know, people are very used to using centralized bridges and it's just kind of it seems like users have just accepted that risk. I'm curious, you know, how do we push people towards this trustless model? Um, how do we, you know, uh, get people to, to use this and, and understand really what they're working with? Yeah. I mean, I think it, it's, it's basically the, it really comes down to the applications, right? So like as a whole, um, applications need to start essentially using the, this version of dot, this like IBC dot and other assets from this ecosystem <clears throat> in favor of IBC versus, you know, centralized solutions. Um, as I've said, like multiple times before, like centralized solutions are good until they're not. And I think there's just like an ecosystem wide alignment about about that and i think um you know longer term it's just going to be ibc everywhere and you know there are centralized solutions that will continue to exist but i think ultimately ibc can do things that centralized solutions cannot um and it's just it's a lot more than just you know ics20 transfers it's it's also the ability to do all types of interesting things like Sonny's mentioned. And so in general, I think, you know, from a DAP developer perspective, um, adoption of IBC is like a no brainer. And I think over time, the users um, will just sort of start to think about IBC as just like XYZ protocol powered by IBC. Um, and so, you know, from, from, from our perspective, we're going to really, um, drive a lot of these concepts home by setting up pools um, next week after a stream swap um, stream for our native token Pika and thereafter use that liquidity to seed pools on Osmosis um, for a variety of different assets from Dotsama, including our own native token um, and conversation a lot of sense. So I think Long term, it's it's going to be a um, certain shift from central process. Ranger, I think you're. I don't know if it's just me, but uh, I think you were cutting out there at the end. Um, but you know, I think we're getting close to um, time, and so I'm curious. Just in the interest of everybody's time, we'll probably end here in the next few minutes. Um, but you know, as a, a, a Listening to both sides of the Polkadot and Cosmos, I'm curious maybe if, Rob, you wanted to start, what was something about um, you know, Cosmos in general that you've seen just through the years that has really piqued your interest that you found to be um, something you know, um, interesting? <laughs> yeah, uh, sure. I mean, I, 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 really, um, I really respect the, the developer community in Cosmos and the um, uh, commitment to like, highly open... Uh, software development. I, I think that that has has built a lot of uh, momentum. I think it's it's paid off. Uh, it's good. It's good to see that. Um, so, like the 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 social capital in, in Cosmos is is quite strong, and and that's one of the things that I, I, this conversation definitely makes me excited about. Is like um, with with all the history, and especially I think with with the media sort of uh, pitting crypto projects against each other. Um, I don't think that that's the the world we we're living in right now in 2023, um, with everything that's changed in the past couple of years. So I'm I'm kind of uh, eager for a uh, like 
melding of minds in the uh, Polkadot ecosystem and, and the Cosmos ecosystem, uh, because there's there's a lot of smart people uh, I think on both sides, uh, and hopefully some some new protocols are going to come out of it. I also just want to throw in like I, I really think that uh, Composable Brainjar and the team like you guys are really doing God's work bringing the ecosystems together and. Uh, last year, you guys also hosted uh, Unchained, and I know uh, Robert was was on a panel there with Billy. I think like, and you can really feel like just echoing what what Rob said. Like, there's a lot of like you can really feel that there's a lot of mutual respect between even you know people from Parity, people from from the Cosmos ecosystem, from the ICF. So I think um, yeah, really hopefully also I think that that's also in the spirit of interoperability the internet of blockchains is to rather collaborate and not to decide who is a winner i think also that's uh stupid to be honest <laughs> to to say who is better who is faster who is, who is this who is that of course there's there's some things that you can measure we can say which ecosystem is maybe stronger on one thing or the other but i think there's rather more things to learn from so yeah i think you know given also i mean we have a long list of, of questions that are still you know that we haven't even addressed so maybe this this could be also a series of spaces that we do over the next weeks and months. Uh, I'm I'm definitely down to to you know be, be on there and and co-host if that's what what you guys also want the the audience if that's something that you are interested in. Um, and yeah, I think there's also a lot of events, a lot of opportunities, even physical events where hopefully there's there's going to be more synergies. Um, but yeah, I, I have to run now. Uh, I don't know if you guys still want to uh, do some questions, but I think this was really cool. And um, yeah, hopefully we can do this again. Yeah, so you know, we need to uh, definitely have a, a governance drama, uh, like <laughs> at least one hour space. I feel like that would take a long time. So <laughs> thanks, man. I appreciate you for coming up. And, um, you know, Rob and, and Sonny and Brainjar, of course, thank you guys for all your thoughts here. Um, I think that just in the interest of everyone's times, I know we're all busy, so uh, we'll probably end up kind of short here. But like CryptoCito said, I'm hoping we can continue this over time. I'm sure uh, Brainjar and the Composable team would love to continue something like this. Absolutely. Thank you guys. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right, everybody. Y'all have a good day. Don't forget to, you know, I'll do the uh, obligatory, hit that comment bubble, like, retweet, all that fun stuff, all right? <laughs> all right, guys. See ya. Motherfuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey. What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve mentality stuck in the burbs. I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works, and we'll see what other kinds of trash is under the dirt. We rape and plunder the earth, sit and wonder about the worth and plate. Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served. Motherfuckers walking around here looking faceless, trying to make a living selling friendship bracelets. Dead ends dragging out the max amount of payments. Red down days. Got them acting all bankless Yo fam, what? Check these tokenomics They probing this bear Flexing broken honest I had to lay my soul down I'm just roasting honest And then to end a long day Eleven bowls of chronic Never known the politic I was born to frolic It's been my policy To pollinate all over the plot We got a lot of apologists Jumping in at the top We like to measure their velocity Before they hit rock bottom Over impossible loss It's all moss And I'm liking the odds Fondue in the morning Forming mycological bonds Flick the cap, yo the road is highly involved Flip a coin, diary falls Motherfuckers screaming out loud Looking for mercy Before they find themselves Working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the burbs I'll be numbing up first Before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures Under the dirt We rape and plunder the earth Sit and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy While the thunder is served Trying to figure out the max amount of dinner lay stacked and non-toxic Just to get a better place Smacking on the high Stage. Like this shit is way for keeps clowns white knight and all these Maybelines. They call it implausible when model after model keeps on ripping off the coat and going full throttle beats. Tearing apart your communitility. All these low hanging fruits bearing zero liquidity. Got a planet in reach. Coming standard to each. I'm on the back ten stargazing after the siege. Commanding all the management to grab a few seats. And then we'll round up the beasts and send a messenger east. Y'all better sign a release when I'm bumping these beats. Hands up if I got motherfuckers drumming the street. Yo, we got a few dubs, we got a couple defeats And if you're coming for the king, you better have some of each Motherfuckers fuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy Before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the verb. 
times I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt We rape and plunder the earth Say and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Bye. <laughs>